Hey friends, I'm Julie Holmquist and you are listening to Kairos Moments Podcast. God's been speaking to you for a while and you know you are called to something. It's time to stop playing it safe with your faith, time to lean into your calling, and time to bring those God-given dreams to life. It's time. Let's do this together. Have you ever doubted the dream God's planted in your heart? I will be the first to raise my hand and say I have probably more than once. Matter of fact, I know it's been more than once. Let's be honest. Pursuing a dream that God's given you can feel scary at times. You you don't want to mess it up. You feel unqualified and you start to question if you even heard God correctly. You may be standing at the edge of this enormous vision wondering how, when, and where it's all going to come about. It feels daunting and way out of your comfort zone. I think it's safe to say we've all been there, actually. But what happens when we doubt? Scripture tells us in James 1, 5 through 8, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose, or woman, that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So what happens when we doubt the dream that God's planted inside of us? We become double-minded and unstable. One minute we're up when things are going well, the next we're down because we've hit a roadblock or we've encountered an obstacle of some kind. I hope this episode empowers you through the scriptures that you can ask God, and he will give you the wisdom you need to run with your dream, no longer freezing with fear or dancing with the doubt. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Today on the show, I have my friend, Doris Swift. Doris is a fellow podcaster whose show is called Fierce Calling, where a woman's passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, or what's been done to you. If you are a woman of God, you have a fierce calling. Let's welcome Doris to the show. Hey, Doris, thank you so much for being on Kairos Moments. I'm glad we finally were able to connect and get you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I'm really excited to be here and for our discussion today. We are discussing if there's ever been a time that we've doubted our dreams. Before we get into that, can you look back and see any breadcrumbs in your childhood where God was giving you hints of how he was calling you and what you're doing today? That is a great question. I can look back and see. Growing up, I always enjoyed writing and I would make those little booklets as a, as a kid, you know, and staple them together (laughs) and uh, make the illustrations. I am not an artist. Let's just say that right up front. I'm not an artist, but the writing part, I just enjoyed so much. And I used to also do a lot of presenting. We would my friends and I in the neighborhood would make up these plays and we would do all of these drama kind of things, which I think is the beginning of equipping for speaking and Mm. being in front of people. Not that it's important that we're always on the forefront, but I feel like that was part of my calling 
And I always enjoyed doing that. So the writing and the speaking, for sure, I saw that. And I always had a heart for helping other people and encouraging Mm -hmm. them in what they were doing. And if I noticed someone was down or someone was not part of a group or didn't feel like they belonged, I felt like I wanted to draw them in and help make them feel connected. So today I want to talk about your podcast and your premise of your podcast. It's called Fierce Calling. Tell my listeners what a fierce calling is. What do you mean by that? Okay. Fierce calling is how I describe where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. There are things within us that we feel driven toward, that we have a passion about, that we want to see a change come about. And I feel like oftentimes that is where God is calling us in the season that we're in. And it can be different in whatever season that we're in. It can be mothering our children. It could be serving at church. All the different ways that God calls us. When we feel drawn to something in that way, that's where I believe the fierce calling comes in. And I always love to say that every woman of God has a fierce calling. Because the purpose of the podcast is to encourage other women to step out of their doubt and into their calling. And Mm -hmm. that's what I really want to see happen for women out there who feel like either because of what they've done, where they've been, what's been done to them, that it discounts Mm -hmm. their calling or, or the ability for God to use them for his glory. And that's not true. So that's what the podcast is about, sharing stories and how Uh, Many women have overcome circumstances in their lives and may even still be walking in those circumstances and those difficult Mm -hmm. seasons, but still seeing where God can use that in their lives for their good and his glory. So that's what my passion is to see women walking in their calling. So, And your passion, just you exude that passion. Whenever I see you, I think of all that, you know, all of that encapsulated into Doris Swift. So have you ever had a time where you've doubted your dream and how did you move through that? Well, yes. The fact being is that God's timing is perfect and we hear that all the time, but time is a lot of waiting and how, you know, in the word it says that one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Mm-hmm. Waiting on dreams is a long wait sometimes. And through that wait, we can focus so much on the dream that it actually becomes an idol to us, Mm -hmm. that we lose focus on why we really were called to whatever we were doing in the first place and just go along with what the world is telling us we need to do and how we need to be, how we need to look, what we need to say. I feel like that is a big factor because your dream may not always come at the time when you think it should come and it may not always look the way you think it's going to look. So tell me a time where you've doubted your dream. I would have to say again with the time. Often we question ourselves and we go about whatever the business is of walking in the calling we feel we're called to walk in. And when things aren't going the way we feel like it should look at this point in time or we've come this far, but we feel like we should be farther along or whatever it is, we can really get discouraged. Mm -hmm. And I believe that is a huge tactic of the enemy to -hmm. discourage us because he's not bothering with people who are already in 
his camp, you know, he is not right. going, you know, they're already not following Christ, you know, but the Christ followers who are pursuing what God has for their calling, which I feel like dreams and callings are very much connected because when we have one heart with the Lord that he puts on our heart, what he's calling us to do. And often it will line up with what we aspire to do. And sometimes it's things that we never aspire to do. Cause I hear that a lot too. When we'll say I'm doing something now I never aspired to do, which is really encouraging actually, because every day is a new adventure, but yeah. I feel like time really takes a toll, but things to listen for is God's voice and where he's leading us because we can't often have a dream happen right away because he wants to prepare us and equip us. And he does that all along the way, but also he does that while we're walking in the dream and where he takes us next. But I feel like he leaves open a time of being able to, first of all, study and show thyself approved, you know, study whatever it is that he's calling us to prepare, bathe it all in prayer and be ready to walk in it. But I really feel like he is waiting for us to surrender it to him. Because surrender is such a key. When I started feeling so burdened by book writing, who's going to publish my book and, you know, even starting a podcast and speaking and all of those things, I had to have a day where I just said, you know what, Lord, I'm so sorry that I have lost sight of why you called me this, what my why is. I want to serve the women you have entrusted me with well. If that means shutting down the podcast, walking away from writing, never speaking again, if that's what that means, then I'm good with that. And I think he really knew I meant it. I think I'd said that before in the past and I wasn't lying. I just, my heart really wasn't in it. But this time I was ready to just Mm -hmm. say, I'm done. If this is not what you want me to do, I don't want to waste any more time. I am done. So I'm ready for whatever it is next that you want me to do or whatever you want me to do in this moment is even still more important than trying to keep looking to the future because we miss the present when we keep looking to the future. So that was such a key turnaround for that. And I think sometimes things can be idols in our lives and we don't even realize it because they're good things, but they take our focus away from what we really are in this for in the first place. And that's to speak truth and life with a balance of truth and grace and um, share Jesus with the world. So if someone is dealing with doubt, the opposite of doubt is confidence. Mm. And especially in the Christian world, a confident woman can sometimes come across as prideful or arrogant. What are some of the ways women can develop confidence? And is this just something you're born with? Or is it something that you can develop? Ooh, very deep and good questions there for (laughs) sure. I don't know that we're born with confidence. We Like a temperament. You know what I mean? There's some temperaments that seem to be more confident than others. I think sometimes people that are maybe extroverts might appear more confident than introverts, but it's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think confidence is a little different when we look at the description or the definition of confidence from a worldly perspective. 
because confidence from a worldly perspective would be in our own abilities, in our achievements, in our accomplishments. And if we haven't achieved or accomplished the things we feel like are acceptable, then we lose confidence and we have self-doubt and all of that. And I feel like that is so much pressure on us and it's so much focus on us. It's so Mm -hmm. much self-focus. The whole thing about the self-confidence, I feel it can get really muddy, but looking at from a biblical worldview, from a godly worldview through God's eyes, that we have confidence in Christ because Jesus gave us that great commission to go and tell. And that is, that is a command. It wasn't a suggestion. And so when we are in Christ, we can boldly go. Like when we see the difference between how Peter was, you know, just an example, Peter, how he was just kind of wimping out there. And I (laughs) am not judging Peter. (laughs) I think we've all been there, right? And we don't know how we would react if someone was asking us questions that could be a life or death situation, you know, but I feel that transformation of him in acts where it says that he was just speaking so boldly by the power of the Holy spirit that people were astonished. And I feel like we're called to that arena of, we have the Holy spirit within us and dwells us. We have the power that rose Jesus from the dead. So just that confidence in going out there and fishing for people wherever God leads us to go and talk with. So that's the confidence that I think stands firm. So when you first started speaking, did you have confidence or was it something that you had to, you know, you had to like flex your confidence muscle every once in a while to build it up? Well, I feel too, you know, how you hear that public speaking is like the number one thing that people are. Yeah frightened of or scared of doing. I've always been drawn to speaking. I've always enjoyed it. And I feel like when God actually called me to speak, because I spoke in business arenas, you know, when I was in banking, I used to lead meetings and I had to do presentations and things like that. And then when God started calling me to speaking for him as a ministry, it was like, you know that where it says in the word that you just have this fire shut up in your bones and you just have oh, to scream yeah. it out. I've I've mentioned this before and no disrespect, but when our pastor was preaching, David Lane was preaching one Sunday and I just had this feeling that I wanted to just run up on the platform and just kind of push him aside and start talking to (laughs) people and preaching and teaching. And I was like, that is so rude, God. I am not doing that, of course. But (laughs) it was just that feeling that I wanted to do it. And when I first took over, because I became the women's ministry director in our church, which is a lay position, it was volunteer position. And the woman that was doing it, Lisa, she was going on to other things that God was calling her to. And I remember the night before I was going to speak, we set up for a women's event. And I remember telling her, I said, this is like Christmas Eve. I am so excited. It was like a little kid on Christmas Eve who can't sleep, who can't wait to get up and open the gifts. And I feel like that's what women are called to do to open their gifts and use them for his glory. And that's what it felt like like I was going to be opening gifts that I had not used for his glory before. And it was exciting stuff. So I feel calm about it. In the beginning, I felt a little nervous because I was putting all of the pressure on myself 
What if I say something they don't like? What if they don't like me? What if, you know, they feel like, oh, why did we get her to speak? You know, all these mm-hmm. things the enemy will use in our minds right. to, to try to defeat us. But then when God is like, okay, this is the message that I'm giving you to say. And the right women or whoever your audience is will be where you're speaking at that moment. They're drawn already. He already knew who was going to be there. And he was already preparing their hearts to hear what he is having someone who's speaking for him say. So that to me took away the fear of it being all about me because it isn't really all about me. And it just gave me joy in being able to not only speak, but also to get to know some of the women that we have the great privilege. And I know, Julie, you're a speaker too. So don't forget to book Julie for your next women's event Um, (laughs) to speak truth into the lives of women, but also offline to be able to connect with them when they come and say, wow, I needed to hear that today, or you were speaking to me, or that happened to me, you know, and it gives us the courage and it gives them the courage to share their stories too. I I liked how you said that because I know speakers and writers, we should only be aspiring to reach one person. I know that, right? And if that's what God does, then okay, I'm fine. But there is something to be said for when the women come up to you afterwards and say, your story or your message really resonated with me. And it's like, it's humbling. And it's like, yes, all at the same time. Yeah, it's very exciting. It is so exciting. And for a while, I, because that, that passion that I had that very first time when I was going to actually step on the stage to speak to women as, you know, part of a women's ministry, because I was in children's ministry for years, Mm. love it so much. And I still Mm -hmm. love serving in VBS. So that was where I served for years in the beginning of my walk in ministry life. And then when I was called to women's ministry, that excitement of, I cannot wait to get on that stage and speak God's truth. And sometimes things can get stagnant in our lives. And I remember praying, Lord, give me that fire back, that anointing Mm -hmm. back that I just want to get up there and do what you're calling me to do. Because sometimes we get tired and life gets busy and we lose sight of the empowerment that we have and the fact that he's equipped us. And sometimes there are seasons where he has us sit out for a little bit because he has some other things that he wants us to be doing. And sometimes he wants us to step away. Like when I was serving at our pregnancy center, I loved doing that so much. And I was drawn to that. Because I experienced a teen pregnancy, and that was a big, major part of my testimony. And when I was able to leave banking and had more time to serve, I started serving at a women's pregnancy center. It was a crisis pregnancy center, Grace House, and I could serve as a client advocate. And I just felt after I served there for a few years, he called me away from that. And I didn't understand. Why was he calling me away from that? That was a amazing, amazing ministry to women who'd come in with a crisis pregnancy and needed to hear the truth of the gospel and what God says about them and who they are and their identity Mm -hmm. and being able to share the truth of making choices that can be eternal. And yeah. And so he kind of put on my heart when I was speaking with my friend, Roxanne, who was the director, you know, we just kind of had a conversation about the fact that Maybe he's asking you to step from this position because he wants someone else to step in 
that mm-hmm. it's their time to do it. And now you're going to do something else. And I certainly still support that ministry and love it so much, but he had other things. So that's being in tune to him and not just thinking, I need to keep doing this. Right. It should be something that he's leading us to do. Yeah. So you talked about that anointing and that empowering. Let's go back to that part of the conversation. What were you saying about it? That there's times where we get tired and I think we forget and we base the things we're called to do on our own feelings Mm. and our own emotions. I believe that we have to just walk in faith, not by sight, not by feelings, not by our roller coaster emotions, because you know we can get with those Mm -hmm. and just know that God doesn't change. When I was praying for those things to come back, I really don't believe that the anointing had left for speaking. I I can see that now it was just a season of preparation when Mm. we were able to go back and study more, go back and uh, go to maybe more conferences and go through Mary Snyder's program, Activate, you know, and all of those (laughs) things that God wants us to do to give us the ability and equipping to serve him well and serve with excellence because it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be with excellence. So I feel like that was a surrender prayer. But how do you know when, like I've had someone ask me, how do you know when you're anointed? Do you just know it inside or do circumstances happen as such? And you're like, oh, okay. The anointing is on me. Because we're chosen. It reminds me of when David was anointed as king. He was not the one that anybody would have guessed would have been right. the one anointed to be the king. Standing in that line of brothers who were more burly and tall and striking, and they looked more mm-hmm. kingly than David. But David didn't become king right away. He had a lot of seasons in between, you know, fight, picked a fight with a giant, you know, all those kind of things <laughs> that he had going on before he actually took the throne and he had to run for his life. There's so many things had happened to him throughout that time. And, you know, you just wonder what was going through his mind when he was trying to hide in caves, you know, away from Saul and all yeah, that. Like, did he struggle with his, did he know he was yeah. still anointed or yeah. yeah. In, in all of that and crying out for God. And I feel like he might have focused more on seeking God rather than seeking an anointing or seeking, mm. you know, because he was already anointed to be the next king. And why would that happen when he was still a young shepherd boy? Because it matters. He was mm. chosen. And so God from then on was doing my work in his heart. And he, you know, he messed up. We know all the stuff, you know, all the things. Yeah. God didn't leave any messy out of the Bible so we could say, hey, you know, life is messy. It's not always rosy, but it is sweet. Mm, That's a good word. Have you ever been asked to serve in an area where you didn't feel anointed, where you didn't feel gifted, but you were still saying yes to God? That's a good question. Yeah, there's been times when I have served and helped and did not feel like it was actually what I was gifted to do. Uh-huh. And I, I do love to encourage women that those gift assessments and things that we take, all the personality tests and all that, those are all good tools. But when it comes to 
the gift assessments. It is very helpful to know where you are gifted, but not to confine God to only Mm -hmm. being able to use you in those areas where you are walking in your gifting and the talents that he's given you, that you can step out and serve when it feels uncomfortable. Because usually when we're walking in our gifting, we feel a level of comfort because we are doing what we're called to do. And it just feels natural, I think, more to us. Yeah, we feel equipped. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we do something that is not something that we're called to do, for example, the meal team, I love to cook for holiday dinners. I'm Italian. Okay. I love to cook (laughs) holiday dinners for my family and I love to cook, but it isn't something that I feel called to do when I have to cook for someone and take it to take a meal to someone. I don't know what it is. I just feel like, Oh, is this good enough meal or whatever? I don't, I just don't feel that that's my call. Now I have a sister in Christ, Annie, that's her calling. She wants to feed people who need to be fed, not only physically, but spiritually. She has a ministry called feed my sheep. It's amazing. And she'll put out a call on take them a meal, that national site that you Uh cook people up and I will sign up for those meals. But I'll tell you every time I do that, it doesn't (laughs) feel natural to me at all. So that kind of thing, or even hospitality, when I'm in a place where I want to help clean up after an event, or I want to help do something, I'm not the one that's taking charge at the helm and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, you go do this. Now, when I led women's ministry, I had teams of women and the women who led those teams were the ones that were gifted to lead those teams. And it wasn't me leading all of those. So I have to ask, well, what do you want me to do? Or how can I help you? And so those things might feel out of our comfort level, just like Moses did not feel equipped to part a sea, but it wasn't him. You know, he didn't wake up right. one day and say, I think I'm going to go part a sea today. You know, it's like yeah. not, not was not in his <laughs> wheelhouse, but it's in God's wheelhouse. So I think that's what we have to look for. Where's God's calling us to serve other people mm. and he will help and equip us and send people around us to help equip us for whatever he's called us to do in that moment. I'm the same as you are, Doris. I was just talking, we had our youth pastor over for dinner last night. And I love that, you know, having people come over, but to ask me to bring a meal to someone who's in need, I like freeze, you know, my husband does most of the cooking at my house. He does probably 90% of the cooking. So it's like, Oh, I just don't know. And, you know, one time I, (laughs) I cooked for a family of 12 and I think I overdid it. I like, I gave them too much probably, but I was like, I don't know how, you know, how much they eat or whatever. <laughs> Leftovers. That was a big, big blessing. To yeah. Them. So yeah. Yeah. Don't call me to organize your pantry. Not the girl for that job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I couldn't organize a pantry, but it would take me longer. Like the girl that does our um, things at the church, like the graphic arts for the different slides and things mm-hmm. like that, Haley. And the, the friend before that, Susan, they do those things. They they can pick a font like, boom, I'm like mm-hmm. hours trying to pick the right font. I, oh, do, how does this look? And I will do things on Canva. I will do art on Canva and things, which is amazing, but I'm not, that is not what I've been called to do. It's not my wheelhouse because I cannot pick a font quickly. Cannot do it. Yeah. Yeah. So all for women operating their gifts. As I've gathered my team around me, like I just came off of an event this past weekend. And 
I get blown away when I see women walking in how God's gifted them. Yeah. It actually brought me to tears because two of the girls did the decorations and, and they just loved it. They loved the whole process of it. And I'm like, good for you. Cause I don't want to do that. <laughs> I can decorate my house, but don't ask me to decorate for an event. So. Same heart, same heart here. And because I had a similar experience recently when I spoke at a ladies retreat and they were also welcoming and you could see the hospitality just oozing. They were just amazing. And this one woman, she did a high tea for us on a Saturday afternoon. And she had a team of these girls that were putting it all together. She said, I didn't have to even tell them what to do. I just asked them to, to make platters and they made these beautiful creations. And, and she was so emotional when talking about it before we began eating. And as we were sitting at the table, she was so sure to make sure that each woman there had a different teacup and saucer to mm. make them feel unique as God has created us all uniquely. And she got so emotional because she, that was a dream of hers to bless women via this, this amazing tea party. And it was so well done. And it just, it brought me to tears too, because of exactly how you the same heart girl, because I was just looking at her and it just brought emotion because she was walking in something God called her to do. And she just got such joy was just yeah. joy, inexplicable. You know, you can't explain that joy. That's that Jesus joy in us. It's just amazing. Yeah. Well, I see that in you, Doris, but yeah, you just exude that joy too. You, you love to uplift women and to encourage them in their, in their gifts and their callings. So I see that in you. We are going to wrap up in just a couple minutes. Speak to the woman who has it in her heart to do something. She feels like God's given her a call, a dream, but she's doubting it. She's wondering, am I supposed to get confirmation somehow? Or how does she move forward with that? Yeah. I just, for one thing, want to say that it's not by any accident that you're listening to this podcast episode today. And I know you listen to all the Kairos Moments podcast episodes, but today was especially important for you to hear that God will lead and direct your steps. And prayer is so essential to any of it. And one of my friends one time had shared when I interviewed her on my show, Julie, she was talking about hearing from God and, you know, God will say, go pray for that person. And you'll be like, is that you, God? Is that really you? And she's like, really, who else is going to ask you to go pray for that person? Is it your flesh? No, you know, it's, it's like yeah. the enemy. No. So those little ways of knowing and listening and just giving space to listen for his voice and be in tune to that. And he wants us to bring our doubts to him and uh-huh. just say, you know, just like David did in the Psalms, like, God, I don't, I don't know, please give me that peace that peace and only you can give that surpasses all understanding to know that I am taking the right steps forward. And we know that we plan our way and he directs our steps so we Mm. can trust him. I think it's such a big thing. Surrender is so key. Surrender everything to him and be open for what he wants to lead us to and trust and surrender that. And he will make known and we need not be anxious about 
our calling or what we're to do next because he opens the doors at the right time and he also closes the doors at the right time. So just trusting and just having that ease and knowing that he is in control of it all. And we just can, you know, partner with him in kingdom work. And he puts people in our lives to encourage us and to walk along with us, which is the body of Christ. As you said earlier, all of us using our gifts. And some of us might have similar gifts, but we use them differently because we're all uniquely and created for his glory and knitted together in our mother's wombs. And we're yeah. all different, but we all are a sweet flavor when we bring um, all of these gifts together. And Doris, you mentioned activate earlier. I want to probably just tack on to what you said, find community, mm-hmm. find community who will encourage you, like you said, because you and I went through the activate class with Mary Snyder. It was really good to be just surrounded by like-minded women who are cheering each other on. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. yeah. Have prayer partners, have accountability, people that you trust. And God will lead you to share your stories with the people who you can share your stories with. And he'll tell you who to share what and how much. And But our stories connect us. We're more alike than different Amen. in a lot of ways. And uh, so we really need each other to lift yeah. each other up and encourage one another. Tell my listeners where they can find you. Um, you've written a book and you've been part of a compilation book. Tell my listeners about that, where they can find you and where they can grab that. Sure. Thank you, Julie. You can find me at doriswift.com. That's where my podcast is housed. And you can listen to the episodes right there on the player or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, there is a page that says, you know, the tab with books. And I have a book that I wrote in 2016, Goodbye Regret, Forgiving Yourself of Past Mistakes. And it's to encourage the women um, who read it through the story of the woman at the well, that no matter what they've done, where they've been or what's been done to them, that they can walk in a calling and that God sees them. It's just personal to them. And so that's available. I have an ebook called Step Out of Your Doubt and Into Your Calling. Mm. And it has some of my testimony in that. And it's a very easy read. My other book is an easy read. I didn't want to write something too overwhelming for the women who are struggling because my heart is to help women who are struggling with finding their way and feeling like they don't know their purpose. And so those books are available on my website and, you know, the links, I have a walking deeper Facebook page where I connect with women there. And those links are also on my website. So you can pretty much find most of the places you can find me where they would be linked on my website. So doriswift.com. Yeah, I enjoyed writing that chapter for a book compilation that my friend Deb DeArmond wrote. And it's called uh, We May Be Done, But We're Not Finished, geared toward women, probably upper in their years. We're never finished when we're doing kingdom work. You know, people will say, oh, I'm going to retire. And people can retire from careers and jobs and even ministry work. But never retired from walking in God's will and his call in our lives in in partnering with him and others in kingdom work. Well, I hope when I'm 80, I'm still walking in my fierce calling. So oh, I can see you doing that <laughs> so, so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Doris. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a great joy to be on here. And I'm humbled that we could have this wonderful conversation to hopefully, you know, bless a listener out there who really needed to hear it today. See you next time, friends.